Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Speaking up, can social media save China's dialects? Written by Siyi Chu. Published in the World of Chinese. Narrated by Elise Ribbons. Content in dialects is booming on social media, but is that enough to save them from extinction? Qian Shengdong has over 1.5 million Weibo followers, but perhaps less than 30% of them can fully understand everything he says in his videos. That's because the 34-year-old vlogger's content which features him personifying different districts of his native Shanghai, or dressing up as a stereotypical local auntie, is not always in Mandarin Chinese, Putonghua, but often mixed with his local dialect, Shanghaihua. To his fans, Qian, better known as Ji Sengdong, the transliteration of the dialect pronunciation of his name, is an ambassador of Shanghaihua and contemporary local culture. But off-camera, he rarely speaks the dialect with a team of interns who work on his videos, mostly Shanghai locals born around the year 2000. It would be weird if I spoke Shanghaihua and they replied in Putonghua, Qian tells TWOC over the phone. Half of them don't speak the dialect at all. Qian's videos are part of a growing trend online of Chinese content and dialect, or fangyan, spurred by social media platforms that have made it easier than ever for Fangyan speakers to connect with local audiences and even appeal to those who don't speak the dialect. But while Fangyan videos may be becoming more popular, and the government is belatedly seeking to preserve dialects as essential parts of local culture, decades of Putonghua promotion in schools and official contexts has seen the use of many of China's hundreds of local dialects decline significantly. Putonghua, the official national language now spoken by 80% of the population, is still perceived as a gateway to better employment prospects, social and geographic mobility, and national unity. In recent years, viral videos on social media have popularized non-Putonghua phrases like the word yue in the Hunan dialect, which means to vomit, and was rediscovered in 2020, supposedly because of the 2012 film Just for Fun. Meanwhile, Fan, a phrase that means eat food in many dialects, including Xiang and Gan, dialect families mostly found in Hunan and Jiangxi respectively, became popular online around 2019, with its meaning extending to a way to mock people who do things they are not proud of for a living. In May this year, a video of 29-year-old migrant worker named Cai Jinfa, proudly shaking his blonde mullet and lip-syncing to I am from Yunnan, a 2020 song featuring vocabulary in the Li Su language and repetitive beats inspired people from all over China to follow suit, adapting the song to their own dialects. One version even features animated terracotta warriors singing in the local dialect of Chang'an district in Xi'an, Shanxi province. In just a few days, the original video received more than a million likes on short video platform Kuaishou, while spin-off posts featuring the hashtag I am from Yunnan on Douyin, China's TikTok, accumulated more than 1 billion views. Yet overall, use and fluency of Fangyan across China has been in decline for decades, with Putonghua increasingly taking their place, at least in the public sphere. 
According to a 2004 survey led by the State Language Commission under China's Ministry of Education, 86.4% of Chinese can use Fangyan to communicate, while around 80% now speak Putonghua, up from around 50% of the population in 2000. In 2017, China Youth Daily found that of 2002 mostly urban residents they surveyed, only 62.8% could speak their hometown dialect. Despite Tian's success at vlogging, which earns him enough income to be his full-time job, he is pessimistic about the prospects for Shanghai Hua to survive among the next generation. Whenever Tian nudges his interns to speak more, they say, It's too embarrassing, he notes. Two or three years ago, I was worried about the future of Shanghai Hua, but not anymore, Tian says, before pausing for the punchline. Now I'm sure it's going to die out. The decline in use of dialects can be traced to the promotion of common national language, something that has occupied the minds of Chinese scholars since the late 19th century. The Putonghua, which is defined as the national common language in Chinese law and enshrined in the Constitution today, first emerged in 1955. In October that year, 207 representatives from all of the 28 provinces of China at the time voted on 15 shortlisted dialects, selecting the Mandarin Chinese variant regularly used around Beijing as the basis of which would be known as Putonghua, literally, common speech. Novelist Lao Xie supported the need for a common language at the meeting, recalling his own experience in secondary school in Beijing, where classmates' different dialects and accents brewed prejudice and misunderstanding, dividing a class into cliques. Analogously, whether languages in unity or divergence is an important matter relating a nation's integrity, as well as its rise or fall. But the Mandarin category, which contained the Beijing variant that formed the basis of the common language, is just one of the 8 to 10 official categories of Chinese dialects. The others include Jin, Min, which includes Hokkien, Hakka, Cantonese, Xiang, Gan, and Wu, each containing sometimes dozens of subdialects that are not necessarily mutually intelligible. For example, some Wu dialects, such as Wenzhouhua and Tian's Shanghaihua, are mutually unintelligible. Most of the Mandarin subdialects, on the other hand, are closely related to Putonghua. From the fall of 1956, the state council required all elementary and secondary schools, excluding those serving children of non-Han ethnic groups, to carry out language and literature courses in Putonghua. By 1972, when Ding Di Meng, a retired associate professor of Chinese language at Shanghai University, was in middle school in Shanghai, teachers of all subjects were required to teach in Putonghua. My math teacher used to give fantastic lectures, but after he was required to use Putonghua, he didn't even know how to talk. We were all asking him to switch back to Shanghaihua, Ding recalls. In 1992, the Shanghai government took programs in the local dialect off its TV stations and told students not to use Shanghaihua in school. Ding believes Fangyan and Putonghua should be allowed to develop in parallel and should not be viewed as in conflict with one another. In fact, Ding's career started with teaching Chinese as a second language and popularizing Putonghua. But in 2001, while surveying local schools on their Putonghua levels, she noticed that if a student speaks so much as one line of Shanghaihua on campus, they would no longer be eligible for honors, and their class can no longer get class honors. She says, even the bathroom wasn't a safe space. If a student was reported for speaking Fangyan, they would be called in for a telling-off in the teacher's office. In 2014, the National Radio and Television Administration required all TV and radio hosts in China to use only Putonghua 
except when there is a special need, further sidelining local mother tongues into the private sphere. Since then, the burgeoning social media scene has provided the bulk of new opportunities to broaden Fangyan appeal. When Qian first sat down in front of a camera in 2015, jumping on the vlogging bandwagon, it was only natural that some of his lines came out in Shanghaihua, his everyday language, as he tells TWOC. He didn't intend to base his content on local life, but it's just that when I spoke Shanghaihua, people liked it. They asked me to do more, so I did. Yet as his fame grew, Chen started to feel a sense of responsibility to use his platform for dialect protection. Demand for dialect content does not only come from locals seeking a connection with their native area. Yang Zhilin, a 31-year-old Sichuan native who has been living in Shanghai since 2013, follows Chen's account to learn more about the city he now lives in. I like the culture and daily life in Shanghai, so I would also like to better fit into this place and its people, he explains to TWOC. For Yang, who originally hails from Chengdu, Shanghaihua also serves a practical purpose, and he often spends his free time taking lessons in the dialect from a private tutor. He's now at an advanced level, being able to successfully argue with the locals. After he dissuaded a middle-aged man from cutting in line in front of him a few months ago, Yang heard the man complaining to his wife in Shanghaihua about the non-native. To their astonishment, Yang fired back, Neng Kaunsa? What are you talking about? It's an experience he's still proud of in his Shanghaihua journey. Using dialects online can help navigate other tricky situations. There are examples online of vloggers using dialect to evade censorship by internet platforms, often captioning their videos with more vanilla putonghua while saying something different and more controversial in dialect. Some platforms have, in the past, removed content live-streamed in Fangyan. On Douyin, only putonghua is allowed as the language of daily exchanges, except for cases like singing English songs and teaching foreign languages, an employee explained in a video of the company's official account in 2020. The same year, media platform gznf.net reported multiple examples of Fangyan live streamers receiving warnings or being temporarily banned from Douyin, with multiple screenshots showing messages from the platform reading, please try to use Putonghua. Perhaps the platform thinks that if you speak Fangyan, I cannot monitor you more, Qian speculates. At the moment, such regulations don't appear to have affected non-live-streamed content. As Chen's career suggests, Fangyan content can still be successful online and provide a creative outlet for expression. When Xu Ziming, a musician from Kunming, Yunnan province, mixes Kunminghua into his rap songs, he feels he's getting closer to the true spirit of the genre. There is this unique aspect of hip-hop culture, which is that we should represent the place where we come from, so we carry that sense of pride, Xu tells TWOC, adding that the flatter tones of the local dialect make it sound cooler to rap in than Putonghua. Music is a way to document language and its art, Xu says. I hope in every period in time, Kunming can at least retain a uniquely local way of expression. That uniqueness, to Xu, also includes the area's ethnic diversity. In his song Tequila Sunset, for example, Xu weaves together Cantonese verses and Hai Cai tunes, a traditional musical form in the Yi language, into a time and space-bending flow. Xu's merging of Fangyan and different ethnic languages, including Putonghua, might point to the future of dialects across the country. 
The State Language Commission, for example, has run a National Language and Dialect Protection Project since 2015, which has so far surveyed and collected 10 million sample recordings for more than 120 Chinese dialects and ethnic minority languages, many now accessible on an open database, including multiple entries from Shanghai and Kunming. Regional governments, too, have begun to promote Fangyan as part of local culture. In 2017, Wuhua District in Kunming started incorporating Fangyan into kindergarten education through teaching folk rhymes and games. For the past two years, Shanghai's Municipal Language Commission has required all kindergartens to send one or two teachers to attend training to learn how to speak Shanghai Hua, as well as how to teach it. Similarly, Guangzhou has already held six editions of an annual Lingnan Nursery Rhymes Festival, with children in glitzy costumes reciting nursery rhymes or ancient poems in Putonghua, Cantonese, or Hakka. Various districts in Shanghai have also been organizing children's Shanghai Hua competitions, in which Ding often sat as a judge, though she complains that the kids run to me as soon as they get off the stage and ask, Teacher, how did we do? in Putong Hua. Still, Ding believes the emergence of more Fang Yan content online shows is a positive trend. There is still a soil for Fang Yan to grow without too much intervention. It can naturally grow back, she says. One downside of online Fangyan content is the limited audience, which may discourage full-time vloggers who depend on internet traffic to make a living. A 2021 survey on Fangyan vloggers in Douyin found that they rarely top the trending lists in their region, and there is a dearth of vloggers in most dialects other than Mandarin or Hakka. The majority of Fangyan content creators are middle-aged, with young people in the minority. Qian thinks that the conversation regarding Fangyan needs to move on from discussions of heritage and tradition. It cannot survive on nostalgia alone. Shanghai Hua doesn't feel lively, he muses. Why can't we talk about young people? Why can't we talk about how they go clubbing, fall in love, hang out in malls, or play the popular mobile game Honor of Kings in Shanghai Hua? Changing attitudes is a difficult proposition, however, as not everyone is so concerned about the declining use of Fang Yan. To Liu Mianzhi, a woman in her late 40s in Nanchang, Jiangxi province, Nanchang Hua part of the Gan dialect family, is the language dedicated to speaking with grandparents and bargaining in the market. Liu decided not to teach Nanchanghua to her son, now 14 years old, after having worked in a kindergarten where she claims the children who spoke the dialect tended to have stronger accents and more difficulty learning Putonghua. Though linguistic studies around the world suggest that children who grow up in bilingual environments are not more likely to experience language difficulties, Liu's views are not uncommon in China, or even in Nanchang, where according to 2017 poll by Nanchang Evening News, 70% of parents in the city don't speak the dialect to their children. I want my child to be able to go to bigger cities and not to limit himself to a small place like Nanchang, explains Liu. She hasn't heard of any places where one can formally learn the dialect in Nanchang, a city with around 20% of Shanghai's population and 10% of its GDP, and knows of just one show on TV with some Nanchanghua content. You can only learn it from your family, or go to the older districts and listen to the elders speak it in the street, she says. Even when dialect content is spreading online and in media, it is not always flattering to its speakers. Hunanhua, which is categorized as Central Plains Mandarin and more mutually intelligible with Putonghua compared to Shanghaihua or Nanchanghua, has become synonymous with negative stereotypes of people from this agricultural province. Dishonesty, organized crime, and scams. Du Qingjie, a 28-year-old filmmaker from Xinjiang, Henan, 
recalls the thieves who steal livestock in the 2009 comedy film Cow, a fictional story set in Shandong province. They really didn't have to make the bad guys speak the Hunan dialect. Almost a decade later, Zhang Huashan, a lawyer from Hunan based in Xi'an, tried to sue Beijing TV for a comedy skit in the station's 2017 Lunar New Year Gala, in which a scam caller character spoke Hunanhua, while the good guys both spoke Putonghua. This year, a skit on CCTV's National Spring Festival Gala had Jiang Kun, a famous comedy actor from Beijing, comically explaining how to speak Cantonese to the embarrassment of many native speakers online. While such content might not be outright discriminatory, Du believes, it can perpetuate stereotypes. Other dialects appear to be in better health. Yang, the Chengdu native in Shanghai, describes Chengdu Hua as like legends and folklore. It's a childhood memory shared by a people. He also feels the dialect is still going strong. There is no need for special protection. Sichuanhua, of which Chengdu Hua is a variety, is the main dialect in Sichuan and Chongqing, a region that has a combined population of 112 million. Yang notes that multiple screenwriters in recent years have incorporated the often sarcastic or sharp-toothed, as Sichuan locals might say, the Sichuan dialect into movies and TV shows, while most children are still willing to speak it. In recent years, there is also a robust genre of rap in Sichuanhua produced by musicians who hail from the region. But while dialects are thriving in some places, drives to get more of the population speaking Putonghua also continue apace. This January, the Ministry of Education and the National Rural Revitalization Administration announced that they are pushing ahead with plans to get 85% of China's population speaking Putonghua by 2025, up from the 80.7% this year. Ding believes that it would be a crime against history if dialects were to fall out of use completely. We might as well throw away all regional operas then, because they wouldn't work without dialects, she says. To preserve Fangyan, she suggests that the government puts out an official policy to develop dialects in parallel with Putonghua, for schools to stop punishing children for speaking dialects outside of class, and for TV stations to create bilingual versions of shows, especially for children. At the grassroots level, she has given talks encouraging parents to stop deliberately or only speaking Putonghua to their children if they themselves communicate in Fangyan, as children learn Putonghua in schools anyway. What I'm really urging them to do is preserve their cultural roots, because language is the root of culture, she says. The push and pull between Putonghua and Fangyan continues to be a balancing act of culture, communication, and identity. Between synthesis and heritage, you win some, you lose some. Liu, the parent from Nanchang, believes. Qian still intends to keep producing content in Shanghaihua, even if it might limit his audience. If you're already in intensive care, you still need to try your best. I should still take out a defibrillator, right? He says, analogizing his attempt to keep the dialect alive. He points out that a time traveler from 1930s Shanghai might have difficulty recognizing the dialect today. I think Fang Yan develops dynamically, Maybe 80 years from now, Shanghaihua might still exist in a different form. That's how I console myself. Narrator's note, as someone who has worked um, with traditional Chinese operas all over the country, that excuse that Ding has doesn't fly because nobody speaks any of the opera dialects anymore. <laughs> Just as Qian said, the, the dialects change and they evolve much faster than people realize. But um, yeah, it is nice to be based in Chengdu, where Chengduhua is so prevalent because everyone here knows that they are in the capital of cool 
And so they keep it alive and kids still think that speaking Chengduhua is what the cool kids do. So it's, it's pretty nice to have this environment.